The real estate world is changing. Opportunity is everywhere. It has never been so easy to connect, share, and bring people together. We're learning from others and finding the very best in ourselves. Challenging our beliefs, overcoming our fears, transforming ourselves so we can transform our business. This is Investor Creator. All right. What is up, guys? Brad here with another episode of Investor Creator, and I'm here with Tony, the one and only Woodall. Hey, guys. Tony, what say you? How you doing this morning? Great to be with you, man. Good, um, good. Good to be with you. Let me kind of address the elephant in the room. This is Tuesday morning coffee on Wednesday morning. That's right. And so uh, we had some technical difficulties yesterday, and so had to, to reschedule for today, but that just gave us another day to think about how we can create this amazing message for yeah. you today. It's been a long Tuesday morning. Yeah. Sounds like a Bob Dylan song. Well, it, it does, or a country music song. <laughs> that's right. We, we could drink a lot of bourbon too. So <laughs> that's kind of that. What's new in your world, man? Hey, listen, this morning, got stood up on a call this morning. Okay. That's just normal. Does that take you of, back to high school? It, it just took me back to high school, college, the 20s, my 20s. <laughs> for, <laughs> it'll it'll take you a lot of times. That's it. And it folds in with what we're talking about this morning, like well, that, staying the course. That does. We're going to be talking about staying the course today. So for me, I've had two nights of sleep in a row. And uh, I would say I feel like a million bucks, but I feel like a million bucks all the time. I feel like a hundred million uh, now. And so uh, I've got two children. I've got a six and a half year old daughter and a three and a half year old son. And I don't know what it is. Like they've historically been really, really good sleepers. But now Mason is scared of this bear. Now, I don't know what's up with the bear. And I think it comes from that bear hunt story. You know, we're going on a bear hunt. Yeah, the whole thing. And so I I guess he he feels like the the bear is hunting him now. Uh. And so at night, a lot of times he says, I'm scared. What are you scared of? The bear. So that's kind of what we're dealing with there. And then my daughter's been having some earache stuff. And so she got up two, three nights ago. And, uh, ear hurting and the whole thing. So of course she can't help that. And, but they've slept all night the last two nights, last two nights. It's been really, really good. And, and I woke up yesterday and it was about four 30 where I like getting up that early, but usually I didn't feel as good getting up at four 30 mm-hmm. and I woke up at four 30 by myself. And I was like, did I sleep in, mm. you know, and kind of the same thing today. I think I got up at four. So you were rested. I was rested. I felt good. Um, and Back before COVID hit, I was getting up at 3.30 and I was at the gym at 4. Right. And so if I can get the kids to sleep and well, I think I'm going to jump back into that. Ah, so okay. gym at yeah. 4 and then jujitsu starts at 6. So I could have my, my gym time, jujitsu time done right before 8 o'clock when I'm usually here at the office. Well, you know, as you progress in age, you'll have to work to, you know, to hold on to and uh, the kind of sleep you want. The yeah. Different reasons come in for you not to sleep. Yeah. And they're not necessarily tied to anything. There's not a bear involved at all. Okay. <laughs> um, we hope not. They just, they just happen. And those days when you feel like a million bucks, I might feel like a dollar 27. Well, so, but, but I've had those days too. You stay the course. That's right. You say the course. I remember my grandmother, she'd often get up at three 30 uh-huh. and she'd always say, well, I've got less time ahead of me than you do. So I want to stay awake for <laughs> more of it. And so I always. That was kind of fun. Oh, uh, grand. That's right. That's right. So we're going to go over the deal of the day. So this is a deal we got under contract two days ago. 
this is southwest of Knoxville, Tennessee. So we're based out of Nashville, but we're doing deals uh, really all over the southeast and up north to, well, we got a, a closing today in Middleton, Ohio. Oh, great. Uh, selling out a deal. And so we, we've got deals really all over the place, but this one just happened to be a little bit closer to home, thank God, because of what came with this deal. <laughs> so kind of the deal uh, is in the big five motivators. So we see that a good chunk of our transactions are from one of five people. They're pre-foreclosure, they're in a divorce, they are a tired landlord, they've inherited something they don't want, or there's a health or safety issue. And I, I group health and safety in together. Safety is often abuse situations. Mm -hmm physical abuse, but I, I look at substance abuse mm -hmm. as a health issue. And so we run into a lot of that, like that deal in Morristown, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. which we talked about on a previous episodes, right. but this was a divorce situation. This guy had a double wide and 10 acres and we bought it for 85,000 and it was probably worth 150, 160. It's in a great part of East Tennessee. Great part, uh, pretty land, the whole thing. And so after we got the contract, we found out, he said, now I've got some equipment that stays with the property. And like, okay. And usually you hear that. It means I've got some junk. Right. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> got a lot more. It doesn't run anymore. Right. Yeah. Some equipment. Yeah. Some real bicycle with no tires. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Two bicycles, both <laughs> no tires. But he sent us pictures and there was a Kubota tractor. Look new. Oh, uh, yeah. With a, a back loader. Mm -hmm. Is that what's called? Yeah. A loader. Mm -hmm. And see, the last time I was on a tractor time, I was probably old. I used to bush hog, mm -hmm. which my wife can't imagine yeah. now. Because I haven't been on a tractor in, well, since then, you know, almost 30 years. But you probably had on cute socks then, too. I probably had on cute socks <laughs> uh, or at least some, some nice little cowboy boots. But that was like a 1950s Ford tractor. Oh, yeah. And it was rigged up as you can get uh -huh. to, to make it run. Who taught you how to drive a tractor? My uncles. Okay. My uncles did. Yeah. And they wouldn't tell anybody because I wasn't supposed to be on a tractor bush hog and at eight years old. Mm -hmm. And now seeing my daughter who's six, who's big for a six-year-old, I could understand why. Mm. Because I don't understand why anybody would let me do that <laughs> going back. But everything worked out okay. You know, Kara, Kara, my wife, she's the youngest of nine. And she was driving a tractor at age eight. Mm. And they were, her and two sisters, they were throwing hay onto the back of the trailer. She'd drive the tractor up. Put that thing in neutral, jump off, three of them throw hay on top of the flatbed in the back. She jumped back on and drive the tractor. Oh, yeah. Eight years old. Yeah. Yeah. So we got the picture of the tractor and I was like, wow, this is like a really nice piece of equipment. And James's neighbor, so anybody who doesn't know James, he's one of the acquisition guys here, does a great job, mm -hmm. buys a lot of houses. And his neighbor, Jeff Pate, has a bush hogging company. He, he calls it the Bush Hog Mafia. <laughs> and so Pate, uh, Pate's the Bush Hog Mafia, and we sent it over to him. He said, well, this is probably a twenty or $25,000 tractor. And then there's also a side-by-side, Kubota side-by-side. Mm -hmm. And so he said that was worth about ten grand. So yeah. in this deal, we got bonused about thirty or thirty-five k in equipment that mm -hmm. looks like it's pretty good equipment. And mm -hmm. so if you guys are not in the investor creator community, for those who are on YouTube or listening to this on podcast, be sure and get into that community because we actually have pictures of this equipment. So you can kind of see what was just gifted to us right. in a deal. And I was telling a, a guy, William, that's joining up with us on the uh, fulfillment side of Investor Creator. He, he has a, a real estate background in mortgage and as a realtor. But generally, those guys don't see the deals that we do. And a lot of times people will hear about that deal, like that once in a lifetime deal. But I was telling William, like we see stuff like this happen every couple of weeks. Sure where someone is just, they're walking away, they're done, or we pick up something like this where somebody's leaving a mm -hmm. $30,000 worth of nice, workable, right. 
you know, good equipment. Yeah. Because they're done. We had a classic car left at Charlemagne. You remember that in the backyard? That classic. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it quite classic. You're going to have to <laughs> tell us about that, man, because you might That's remember just, it different. It just meant it was extremely old. <laughs> and and setting it, it had created a mud hole. They tried to get it out back there. But we've had people leave very nice John Deere riding lawnmowers, zero turn. I had a guy leave a zero turn on one of my owner finance deals out in Castilian Springs, the one with 11 acres. We had a zero turn at Franklin. We well. sure did. And we I sure gave did. it to Gator. That's right. I remember that. Uh huh. Yeah. It's amazing sometimes when people just pull off and they're done. Yeah. And, and we've had a lot of sex toys left. Yeah, yeah. We Tony usually keeps those. <laughs> Easy now. Easy. <laughs> but do you remember that trailer on Panther Creek? Uh, <laughs> I never saw it, but Tony called me. Oh my goodness! And they were out in the yard. They were everywhere. I mean, I don't know what kind of party those people uh, were throwing every I, weekend. We don't want to know. But I'm not interested in yeah. knowing. I mean, it was. But you run into everything in this. You place. do. You do. We actually one day, do you remember, we get started getting the photos back from a new one we bought probably about two months ago. And there was a, a giant one right in the doorstep. Yep, and the or, photographer yep, yep. made a picture of it. Is that Soon. the one where the dogs got out? Yeah. And you and Amanda were yep. chasing the yeah. dogs? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It was nice to see those like in motion <laughs> photos of you chasing the dog. They sold us the house and they, they left and moved to their other place. But. The other, they didn't have their fence up yet, so they didn't tell us. But they left ten dogs, little bitty ones, all little yippers, in the house. And we got there, and I opened the back door, and all of a sudden they rushed me. I got about five <laughs> feet in, and here come all these little yipper dogs. And I was like, Amanda, run! <laughs> Don't come in here. I wish I could have seen that because oh, Tony, uh, I'm not as short as what the video shows. I'm actually a normal size, but he's Gandalf. You're what six eight? Yeah. He's six eight, and so I, I would have loved to have seen six eight Tony running away from ten dogs that are eighteen oh, inches tall. Oh my gosh! Most. It was it was hilarious. Yeah, that's good stuff. So we also had a, another lead come in on the same day as the one where this divorce deal came in, where we got the tractor, and this guy should have been motivated. So this was in Pensacola, Florida. He owed mm. one hundred and forty thousand dollars. It was worth three hundred. So he has a big equity position, but he's getting foreclosed on at that point in five days. Mm -hmm. And so James reaches out to me and, and we talk about it. And he says, can we pull this off? I said, it's pushing it, but I think we can, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the thing is like, it really depends on the title search. Like if we can get the yeah. title search back, we can close. Everything has to work right. We've done one in three days, Yeah, but everything worked right. Yeah. Everything worked right. And then Kaz in Dallas, mm -hmm. if you remember Kaz, yeah. uh, he had a huge, huge deal where, I mean, he was literally minutes late, but he got it the, the lead two days prior. And so like, he was real close to pulling that off, but, uh, this guy, so again, he owes 140, it's worth 300. This guy's walk away, the cash that he wants at closing was 110. So, and that was after he wanted all 300 K. So he wanted to sell it for 300. It was worth 300. And of course, as an investor, we can't do that because we're, you know, we're, we're profit centered. Right. So like we, we have to make some kind of, yeah. And we want to buy our equity on the front end. Yeah, we have to, you know? And he came down to 250 and James asked a question, well, what are you going to do with the house if the house doesn't sell in five days? I said, well, I'm going to lose it. Okay. So you're telling me 110,000 in your pocket is the least you would take. Yes. <laughs> and all that to say, you can't make motivation appear even when it right. should be there, you know, but here we are 
we're, we're sourcing the lead flow from the big five, which we've talked about. So here we have two people that are in the big five. One's in divorce, one's in pre-foreclosure. One is motivated, one isn't. But we're running the exact same marketing. We're running the same triage. We're running the same perfect presentation. Right. We're running the same deal structures on both of these guys. And one turns into a deal and one doesn't, right? And so what we have to do is stay the course and stay committed to the course. Yeah. Because if you have a working system, then things are going to work if it's given enough time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have the raw materials and you have the ability and the know-how, you have to give it enough time to make it make sense. And so staying the course is really, really important. And so kind of my story with this, when I started in the business, I got my real estate license when I was 18 and I did that for five years. And then the crash of 08 happened and I was like, well, you know, this is probably not the best time to be a realtor. And I saw that many of the realtors that had done well in 04, 05, and 06 were going back into their, their offices and cold call to make some kind of deal happen. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like you, business is often a grind at the beginning, but we have to, I think, set ourselves up for like what we want long-term. And for me, I didn't want that in my fifties and sixties and seventies. I didn't want to be out there cold calling for sale by owners or expired listings in the worst real estate market that had been seen by this generation. You know? mm-hmm. And I thought, well, let me look around, like who's weathering this the best? Well, it was the people that had cash flow. They had assets that produced cash flow. And I'm not going to say that they weren't affected at all, but it was pretty minor. You know, maybe they had some more evictions they had to do or whatever, but it wasn't like it drastically changed their life. And so I had to get in and become an investor and get assets. But I had three minor problems. I had no cash. I had no extendable credit. I had a good credit score, but uh, I actually went to the bank and said, well, I've made a few months payments on my personal house. I think I'm a good credit risk and you guys should give me a lot of cash. And they said, well, we'll absolutely, we re- we've reviewed the file and we will absolutely give you that loan as soon as you pay off the loan that we just gave you, which was not super helpful. And then third, I had no idea what I was doing, but I decided to retire my real estate license in 2010 because I knew I couldn't do both. I couldn't be an investor halfway and be a realtor halfway. Well, I didn't want to really be a realtor. Okay. And so I retired the license to, to do the investing thing. And I had a lot of doubt about that. It's like I had to do it, but I felt like it was the right thing to do. And it was David Alexander that really pushed me to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so having someone that had been down that road already. Pick a lane. Yeah. And I was like, you, you got to decide. And that's what he said is like, you got to decide if you're going to do this or you're going to do that. Because right. you, I can see you're, you can't do both. Mm-hmm. So it took me eight months to hit my first deal. And when I say deal, I mean closing. My first contract was about month five. And so this was in the villages of Berkshire. Okay. And, you know, good community is a divorce pre foreclosure situation. So we had stacked motivation. I didn't know that at the time. I just, you know, knew that this guy was motivated. But ballpark, and here's basically what happened I signed it up to buy it. I had a buyer in place. And then we find out that this guy, I still remember his name. I'm not going to say it, but I I remember his name. Really nice guy, but he'd been through a divorce. Okay. He never got a quick claim deed from his ex-wife. Ex-wife was not on the mortgage that was being foreclosed on. So as her last FU to him, she said, well, I'm not going to sign the docs just so you can get foreclosed on. Right. And so I'd put this whole deal together. My first deal, all this blood, sweat, tears of putting out all these bandit signs, taking calls, pressure washing houses just to make some money, 
and then the deal falls apart at like the day before closing. Because she won't sign. Because she won't sign. And I think now I probably could navigate that a little better, uh-huh. you know, because we've had that situation uh-huh. happen before and we've been able to navigate it. But at that point, it was really, really tough. But it was like, am I going to quit? It was painful. It sucked. You know, like I told everybody I got my closing coming up tomorrow. Oh, that's the worst. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know look at me. I'm going to be this real estate guy. I and, already had your, your new posters printed and. Oh, your yeah. new cards printed up. Oh, yeah. I was ready. I was ready to hit the ground running with the cash that came in. It was about $20,000 in cash that was supposed to come in. And that deal fell through. And so, but a couple months later, I had a deal that hit, and it was 20000 in cash and a $17-ish thousand dollar note. And it threw off $417 a month mm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if I had decided to just quit, you know, Motivation gets you started. You have to have the, the habits that keep you going. You know, motivation is important. That's, you know, people have to, to build habits over time. Motivation gets you started. You have to have the habit of being successful to move forward. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like, well, I'm already used to putting out these signs. I'm already used to pressure washing houses and having dirt underneath my fingernails, which never bothered me, but for a lot of people, it bothers them. Yeah. You well. know, and that kind of stuff. And so it's like, we're going to stay the course. So your first actual deal, your foundational deal was creative financing. Yeah. It was, it was a, a sub three deal that we did in owner finance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can, I can tell your wheels are turning. There. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just thinking about how almost prophetic that is. You know, I mean, you hear a lot of folks out there that talk about, you know, we buy sub two, we do whatever, but unfortunately for, a lot of folks, they still don't capture a great deal of equity on the front end. Yeah. I mean, the whole mindset and script work is just not there. Yeah. So anybody can buy something sub two, give away most of your equity in walkaway money. And you're hoping that the back end, when you sell in some way, even if you're not going to owner finance it, even if you're going to f- fix and flip, which is what we see, you know, you just don't see a lot of television shows for creative finance. No, and you're not going to because it's, it's not as sexy as these big rehabs. Right. You, you, you know, do these $30,000 kitchens and so on and so forth. And by the way, Gabriel, you remember Gabriel? So he got a deal, monster deal. Uh, I don't know where exactly it is. I know he's got the telehome deal, but this is another one. And the, they wanted 80 and it's worth about 170. And it needs about 10 grand worth of work, but they never would give a price. And so they bought it for 60. Okay. <laughs> and so I asked him, this was on the support clinic yesterday. I said, was it tough to not give a price? He said, yeah. And they asked me two times and I never would give it. And he said, it was real tough for me to not go back uh-huh. to my, my old habits. Right. And, and give a price. But right. I said, what would you have offered? He said, I probably would have offered nine. Yeah. So you made an extra 30 grand. Right. Cause he wouldn't give a price. Right. But it doesn't take many extra 30 Ks. Uh huh. Or especially on the front end to, for that to become impactful. And so I was thinking about all of this in terms of staying the course because of the story with Jamie. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Jamie, I, I say he's my brother, but technically he's my wife's stepbrother and he's a good kid, but he got in some trouble in his early twenties. I don't think he did anything wrong, but, uh, gang initiation for somebody else went, went bad and, you know, just a tough scenario. And so. He was under the threat of prison time for years mm. because he defended himself. And so 
he really put everything on hold at that point because he didn't want to start a relationship and then end up having to go away. And that made sense. Yeah. You know, he didn't want to get deep into a career and then have this happen. Right. And so he lost a lot of time that I think the, the period of time between like 18 and 25 really can set the course for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's like you kind of sort of get into a career, you get into a peer group, like there's a lot of changes that happen that can have like super long-term effects. And this was a time when he couldn't really make a lot of decisions. Right. And so, but, but over time, because he was, he's seen me from the time I was 19 years old. So he saw me pre my first house Uh and he knew all of this is real. He always kind of had an interest in it. And so you've gone out with us too, but me and you and Jamie and Rich and James or whoever else would go out. And I remember one specific night and Jamie would always talk about, Hey, I I think I want to do this. (laughs) Like three or four years, he'd say, I think I want to do this. And I remember one time specifically, there's a guy named key. He is a, has like probably 30 or 40 new construction houses going up in Nashville. All of them post a million dollars. So probably has 30 or 40 million in new construction on the ground right now. So does well, has a good operation, but he, Jamie told Key, he said, well, I don't know how to do it. And Key just started laughing at him and said, your brother has all these deals going on <laughs> and trains people on this. And you're telling me you don't know how to do it. And Jamie said, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, but, and here comes excuse number two. Well, I don't have the money. I don't have the money to buy a house. And Rich pipes up and says, well, Jamie, I'll tell you what. If Brad approves the deal, I'll fund 100%. I was like, all right, Jamie, what else you got? <laughs> you know? And so it, it, it became difficult for him at some point. And, and finally, he came down to, well, I, I don't have the cash to start the marketing. And so me and Rich and Jamie and, and somebody else, we were having a couple cocktails. You know, the Sutler's closing down. You you mentioned that yesterday afternoon. I'm gonna have to call my buddy Shannon Dye, who runs that place, and find out. Yeah, no, we got to get some of those old fashions again. Or uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. So we were there at the Sutler and um, having a couple old fashions, and and Rich goes to the restroom and he comes back and he sits down. And he says, well, "I've made a decision, uh, Jamie. If you'll save twenty four hundred dollars, I'll more than match you. I'll put twenty six hundred up. But here's the deal." You pay me, I think it was $300 per month until paid on the 2400 So for eight months, you pay me $300 a month. And as soon as you do that, I'll match it at $2,600. we are going to give that money to Brad. He's going to start the ads. He said, you can't touch the money. <laughs> and so Jamie agreed. They shook, they shook on it. And so he started making payments. Every month, Jamie would make a payment, $300. Okay. So he, he was planting those seeds, <laughs> you know. And so Jamie had some kind of a check. I think he wrecked his car and he got a payoff on it. And it was more than what, uh, what he owed. And so he, he paid Rich off. Rich, we had the 5K and we started running ads. Now, I'll say this about Jamie and not it. I love the guy, but this is not in, in a loving way. He didn't put the effort in. Okay. He didn't come to support clinics. Whenever he'd see me, we'd talk about real estate and he'd ask questions. I'm like, you know what? You should ask this at that point. You know, mm-hmm. but he did, I think like you, you have like the lowest common denominator in math. It's like the, the, the least viable product is what he did. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, we were running the ads. He would call people back, you know? Yeah. And so last week, I think exactly last week. So it was on a Wednesday. It's like two thirty in the afternoon. I get a call from Jamie and he says, Brad, and the way he said it, I could tell something was going on. 
He said, I just had this lady call and he was telling me about the deal and everything. And the lady literally said, honey, I used to flip houses when I was young. Come buy this house and make you some money. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's pretty tough to mess that up. It is. It's pretty tough to mess it up. You know, when you have the, when you start this though, and you already have the fear of failure is the biggest reason causes us to not start something. Yeah. We already believe it's not going to work. It's that we're going to fail. So we just won't start. So we don't have to go through those feelings and that emotions. So that's why he didn't do all his work. Well, that's right. That's right. But it's so funny to me because I really feel so differently about that. (laughs) So for me, if I'm not successful, I'm already a failure. Mm. So he would have said already, and most people, they're like, oh, I'm afraid to fail. And I'm afraid to fail too. But for me, it means if I'm not already successful, I'm afraid to not get there. Yeah, you're, you're, you're more afraid to not start. Yes. And to not put in the effort and to not work out, you know, yeah. and to not get up at four in the morning and go to the gym than you are that. Yeah. Yeah. So. But it, I just, I've never understood that, that mindset, especially if somebody doesn't have a lot. It's right. like, well, I've got, if I had a thousand dollars to my name, I'm going to be as aggressive with that thousand bucks as I can be. So I don't have anything to lose, you know, but anyway, unless you think that thousand dollars is all you'll ever have. Well, that's true. Then you've lost everything. Well, that, yeah, that's fair. But you don't think there's an end to this thing. See, you, you don't think that you're, yeah. you're not thinking this is the last thousand I'm going to have. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. So long story short, Jamie goes and buys the house. He gets it under contract, pays 110. The lady worked him up five grand on the phone <laughs> on triage. She said 105. Poor Jamie paid 110. It's worth 200. It's worth 200. And so yesterday, me and you were right here. And he calls in about 5 p.m. And what does he say? He's like, just forget it, Brad. You can have the deal. I don't want it. This lady's called back now. She won't talk to me. She's trying to change the deal on me. She says she's not going to close and she says she won't get out. And so Brad, Brad takes his phone and goes, okay, Jamie, here you go, Tony. And just hands the phone to me. And we got started for a little bit. And I told him, I said, well, how much do you think you're going to make on this deal? And he said, I'm probably not going to even make 30. And in the background, I heard somebody say, bullshit, you're going to make 60 or 70,000 on it. And I said, Jamie, just you're right. <laughs> Give the deal to Brad. I mean, he needs the money a lot more than you do, doesn't he? And he was like, well, I mean, what am I going to do? And he, then he started talking himself out of. So he didn't want to give it up. So like when you start to pull it away, yeah. it's like, no, 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 I want it. I want it. I just want to lay down the floor and y'all just rub my hair as I cry. Yeah. No, get your butt up. Start working through these objections. Yeah. Do the hard work. And that was what you said earlier. So far in this deal, he's not really had to do any hard work, right? nor has he put in any hard effort. Yeah. And so when it came, he wasn't internally prepared for whatever yeah. problems he, didn't have, he had to work He through. didn't know how to print out the contract. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. I, but he, he didn't quit. He hasn't quit. So that's why he's, he's where he is, you know? And so I think they're set to close on this maybe in a day or two. Yeah. I think the issue right now is in the contract. So it's the agreement pre-signing, but it's a contract after because we don't want to talk about contracts until it's signed. Right. It's a, it's a scary word. But in this scenario, in the contract, it said something to the effect of that the seller is going to, it's a free and clear property, $110,000 price, paying cash, that she's getting half the cash at at closing. So she's going to get a check for $55,000 and then she's going to get the other $55,000 when she vacates. 
And if she's not out a certain amount of time, then it starts to charge $250 per diem off of the cash that's in. Per day. Yeah, per day. uh, That's off of the cash that's in in escrow. So Rich is wiring in 110,000 cash into the deal. So the seller's concern is, well, how do I know that you're not going to just pay me 55K and not give me the rest of the money? So I want all my money. I want my money now or I'm not leaving. And that's why he was going to give it away. Yeah. And Tony said, well, where's she going? She said, well, she said she's going to the Holiday Inn. And you said. I'm probably going to have to drive her over there, he said. (laughs) That's terrible. I know. I said, well, why don't you show up there the day before? I mean, I know that uh, three hours is a long drive, but why don't you show up there the day before and make sure, help her if you need to, load her boxes into her vehicle or wherever she's going, wherever she's taking it to, whatever, so that when she gets to closing the next day, she is out and you have the keys in your hand and then you can hand her yeah. 110000 And that's perfect. If we have possession, we want them to get their money. Yeah. You know, and we don't want to run the per diem. Do you remember that deal in Liberty? It just, 250 just. It was, that 250 was clicking every day. And the months. guy would call us back and say, how much do I have left? And we'd say, well, you, you're down to $5,000. Walk away. Well, I'd like to buy another week. Yeah. Yeah. He would. How, what would that come off of? And I, I would tell him, well, I mean, it's $250 times seven. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy another week. Yeah. And it was finally to the point, I think we sent some movers out there to get him out because he, he burned through like literally $30,000 yeah. at two fifty a day. Yeah. So you'll have stuff like that happen. I don't like that. No. I'd rather just like move on about the deal. Mm-hmm. Like let, let's get it back on the market. Mm-hmm. But, but the thing that Jamie's done right is he didn't quit. Like he stayed the course during this time. Yeah. He may have put in minimal effort, but the thing is like, if you have any kind of incremental improvement over time, it becomes exponential. That's right. So like if, if you take one to the 36 power, it, it's still one. If you take 1.01 to the 36 power, it's exponentially more, mm. you know? So like if we're improving at the one one hundredth of a level mm. over time, then we're yeah. going to get better. And so I'm going to make a prediction. I feel like uh, Jamie's going to get this thing closed, yeah. that this lady's going to thank him uh-huh. for, for dealing with her, but what do we say? Theatrics, let's mm-hmm. say, and he'll do well on this deal. And at that point, we'll have to decide like, okay, is it worth to do again, Jamie? And I think that yeah. if he gets that check, man, yeah. he'll be ruined. I think at that time, you know, he will have the taste of something that he hasn't had in a long time. He'll, something turned out right. Yeah. And then, so his internal coach, instead of having to be externally coached from the beginning, like he was that night, y'all were sitting around having a cocktail and everybody at the, in the, his group had to coach him externally. And he actually went through this process, then not doing any of his own internal coaching. Right. Didn't even, if we could have gotten the, uh, the Facebook live to actually click on for him and talk to him. He, it would have still been external coaching. Mm-hmm. But once this happens now, I think his internal coach will start to turn on. He'll start to coach himself and start to tell himself, no, just because you think that doesn't mean it's true. Just because you're feeling that doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. And, and I dealt with this myself. You know, my first few deals, I thought, well, I was just lucky. And I was lucky, but I also did the work. You know, yeah. And then once you get into a process that's replicatable, it's no longer about luck at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about the process. And so one of the the key points of this, if Jamie did, wasn't around the peer group, then this never would have happened. You know, like your peer that's group true. is so so important, and um, you have to really be careful of who you're around. You know, 
Yeah, there, there's something. I, I've got two things here. I'm not fiddling with my phone because I'm taking phone calls. I'm keeping something up hey, here. got to buy a house, we've got to buy a house. That, that I want to read. This is so important here. Just because a relationship has lasted a long time doesn't mean it's working. I mean, it could have been bad for you for a long time. So just because it's worked for a long time doesn't mean it's working. And relationship, it's not just that a relationship is a bad relationship. It might be an okay relationship, but there are some relationships in your business you need to have that are not based on them telling you what you want to hear and making you feel better. We need to surround ourselves with people who are going to challenge us. That's right. They're going to tell us that's bullshit. Yeah. That's laziness. That's fear. See, tacit approval, guys, is still a lie. So if, if you say something and I, I know it's garbage and I don't, and I just don't say anything, that's, that's tacit right. approval. That's right. And so like, if, if you don't have people around you, it's like, oh, well, I can't do this because I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. If Key had given tacit approval, Jamie may not have this deal right now mm-hmm. and probably wouldn't, mm-hmm. but Key decided to challenge him. I couldn't challenge him because we have that relationship. He yeah. needed someone external uh-huh. that would say like, nah, man, like that's just not the case. Yeah. You know, and especially he's a high, high, high level guy, uh-huh. you know? And so like we took away all those excuses at that point. Yeah. And then he decided to move forward. I would say slowly. Yeah. You know, he didn't, he didn't jump into the, the, the deep end of the pool. He right. waited on, uh, in on the kitty side, but he still moved forward. So Jamie may not have any bad business relationships. That doesn't mean he has bad business relationships. Right. But he does have one bad business relationship and that's with himself. Yeah. He listens to his own coaching. And his own coaching has not accomplished what he's trying to accomplish. Well, and that's a thing. That, that's a really good point. So if you're listening to yourself and you haven't accomplished what you hope to, and, and I think this is why if you ever have someone that's had a financial reversal, but they made it pretty big before, they always get back there faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they know how to coach themselves. Yeah. They've seen it. They'll point themselves to the what they know they can get, and they'll at least get what they've gotten before. Yeah. So for him, he doesn't have to break up with any friendships, but he does have to create some new friendships or finally connect with some that are already around him who are not going to just say, okay, yes, do whatever you, whatever feel good to you. Yeah. If you're afraid, just give into that. No, yeah. he's got to have folks around him who are going to say, boom. Right. Right. And more than that, he's got to awaken the good coach inside of himself and start telling himself, no, you're not just going to sit down and cry. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But he has done the work to get here, yeah, which is more than a lot of people do. That's right. I mean, he was coached pretty hard yesterday, <laughs> and he and he didn't run away. And yeah. look at him; he's stuck in here. Yeah. Uh, there was one other one I wanted to read that had, was strong. Something you said earlier: success is five percent brains and ninety-five percent consistency. Mm. You don't have to be the sharpest knife in the drawer, well, but you got to get out of the drawer. And that's a good testament. You, you don't have to be great at technology, guys, to do this business. We literally couldn't get these cameras on yesterday. Yeah. So, and, and Brad knows this. I probably do six to eight deals a year myself on the side. Yeah. I do not have DocuSign. I wouldn't know how to send something DocuSign if my life depended on it today. Now, Christina's well, over here giggling a little she, bit. She is. She, she, I would, I would go in there and I'd say a little bit. That's Christina. <laughs> How do I send something DocuSign? But I tell you what I can do. I send every one of mine. I sent two of them two weeks ago. Contracts. I just, I do the original agreements that we had. I print them out 
and I fill in by hand everything that goes in them. And I take pictures of them with my phone, which I know how to do. Mm -hmm. And I text them or email them to the folks, depending on how they want to get them. They get them, print them out, sign their side of it, and then they make pictures of it and send it right back to me. Okay. And you know what? It probably takes 10 times the time that DocuSign takes. Probably. But I'm going to make the same amount of money (laughs) anybody else is going to make. That is no excuse for me not to. I could sit around and be embarrassed because I'm not high tech, but I'm high script. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So 5% brain, 95%. Consistency. Yeah. Just never quit. Just keep being consistent. Got to stay the course, man. Got to stay the course. So just like we had the seller that was in a divorce situation that was highly motivated, Mm -hmm. and we were able to contrast that with the guy in Pensacola that was five days away from foreclosure, and for whatever reason was not motivated, we've got Jamie who has stayed the course, although he hasn't really put in a ton of effort, I would say, and he would agree to that. But he stayed the course. We had a guy recently that became a problem in the community Mm -hmm. where on Sunday, we got an email from one of the the guys in the apprenticeship. Now, I have not seen this guy since he joined. I never heard of his name. No. And so he hasn't come to a support clinic, which we have five a week, every Monday through Friday. Hasn't booked a one-on-one with me, which he has 100% ability to do. Uh, Hasn't gone through the curriculum at any length. But we know that he got everything and he sent an email saying that we were a scam. Mm-hmm. And so at first he said that he didn't get what he was promised. And I was like, well, I'm human. Like maybe I've missed something. And, and Tasha was the one that got the email. But I said, Tasha, like ask what he was supposed to get that he didn't get because like maybe we dropped the maybe ball. Maybe we miss it. Yeah. I was like, we're human and we'll make it right. All right. Well, then he started saying, well, no, it's just all of th- this whole real estate thing is just a big scam. So I got that and it's possible that I made a mistake. It's possible. I've I've certainly been wrong before, you know, but I I do my best to make it right. We're not damn scammers. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like whenever we got to that level, I was like, okay, like this guy just wants to be ridiculous. And so he was still in the Facebook group. And so uh, I tagged him in a post with his email and I said, and I, I just wanted to bring it up to the community. You know, it's like we got about 160 people in there. Like, okay. Here's this guy. He says that we're scammers. Now, here's what I haven't seen an effort on his part. He didn't stay the course. Okay. Right. And um, what do you guys think I should do? And it was like a rallying cry within the group, you know, and, and I loved, uh, there's a lot of comments that I love, but, but Tom Herbstritt's really, really jumped out at me. And he, now Tom Herbstritt, seven figure earner, has done super well with us, had two coaches prior, couldn't make it work, did it part time as he was a limo driver. In Denver, Denver is not exactly like a pushover market, right? you know, and he's done 130K in equity positions so far this month as of the last support call has a 300K equity deal coming up tomorrow. Wow. So, and I told him, I said, either way, whether you get the deal on Thursday or not, I'm going to say you'll probably do half a million this month. Mm -hmm. And Tom said, commented on that post and said, you know what? Brad hasn't bought a single house for me either. (laughs) (laughs) You know, It's like we can give someone the tools. You were motivated whenever you decided to do this, mm-hmm. but 30 days later, you know, th- there's not any commitment. You know, there's no willingness to stay the course. And there wasn't even a, the willingness to do the 0.1% of effort. Yeah, there's no effort. You know, so like Jamie's doing the, the 0.1% yeah. of effort and he's getting exponential gains now. 
the, this other guy, and I don't even remember his name. Um, I do, but didn't okay. Well, look, I guess we shouldn't call him out publicly twice. You know, he he's not willing to do the point one percent of effort, which can't grow. It just can't grow. Mm-hmm. And so, staying the course, guys, is critically important to what you're doing. And I think the the last point that I have the the course never ends. So in the investor creator community, we're going to, um, we had a lady, I think her name was Carrie had a really great question on like money and finances and when is it enough, you know, and we're going to talk about that next week, but she had the question about that. And the the first thing that kind of came to my mind was, well, that kind of assumes that there's like an end point in the journey. And so I, I used to have this, this belief system as well. It's like, I'll build it up, build it up, build it up, build the cash flow up to where I'm fundamentally retired. And then I'm going to ride off into the sunset. Mm. And I, I think that that's just wrong because I'm 35 years old. I hope to live a long life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I treat my body to the extent that I, I, I try to love it enough to where mm-hmm. that's possible. And so, but it's like, I've got another 40 or 50 years yeah. ahead of me yeah. to do this business. And so if I ri- like rode off into the sunset, what am I going to do? I don't play golf. Right. I do some jujitsu, but that's pretty tough on the body. Mm-hmm. You know, like how, how much jujitsu can you train in a day right. for a year? Right. <laughs> you know? And so it's like, I'm going to be doing this for the next 40 years. So maybe I should change the vantage point, you know? Yeah. So the course never ends. And so like one thing that we were talking about is, um, you don't really know the entire course anyway. No, you don't. I mean, Life, business, all kinds of things will change and morph along the way. Yeah. And, and you, you drive the, the course you're on. I mean, there really, there is course. And then there's the course that I have married my two in business. Yeah. So there's my course and the course. Well, an example of that would be my course would be my personality, but the course is the script. So the marriage between my course and thus the course right there creates something really good. Yeah. What I said earlier, that quote earlier about success being 5% brains and 95% consistency, the opposite is always also true. I mean, uh, a great recipe for failure or not reaching what you want is to have 5% consistency. Yeah. And 95% of anything else. Yeah. That's right. I know a lot of very, very smart, fairly broke people. A lot of people who have been given a lot of money, who've done nothing but spend it yeah, and never invested it to create something, to create new. So, you know, it, 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 it is true that the, the course is going to change along the way. I mean, gosh, I think about, uh, we were talking about him earlier. I think about our buddy, John Jones. He's been in real estate in Murfreesboro for a long time. Yeah. Uh, actually, was born right into it. His daddy was a great realtor and investor in this town. His uncle, great realtor and investor, Howard Wall. So he's been in his whole life, but, and John's probably 10 years younger than me or five or six years younger than me. I'm 61. So, and he's seen a lot of change in his own life and he has shifted. I mean, you know, at times when it would have been tough and nobody around him was shifting. Yeah. You know, there were people tried to tell uh, John Floyd years ago that to build that many houses, same size, that big a development was nuts. And better slow it down, John. You don't want to get too crazy. You don't want to get too far extended out yeah. there. And he can't build enough. Yeah. You know, so 
life will change along the way. And, and that comes down to, and final thought for me, you can't take advice from people that aren't where you want to be. And so I've talked about this a lot, like with my grandmother, she was a great lady and she wasn't, certainly wasn't stupid financially at all. She was a very good stu- steward of what she had, but she started off with, you know, her and my aunt Jean, they had one pair of shoes. And so if there was a wedding or a funeral, only one of them could go. Mm. Okay. Because they didn't want to shame the family. Right. And this is very, very rural Tennessee. And so she went from, from that, which is extremely humble to where she had some land. She, she had some cattle and all that. Mm -hmm. So she did well, but she couldn't tell me how to go from what I was trying from where I was to what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. Only David could do that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, there would be times when she would kind of do the same thing. Like people told John Floyd, Hey, like, Hey, slow down. She'd, she'd say, don't get too big for your britches. That's right. You know, I was like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> well, I, as someone who kept growing as a child, I can tell you what it means. We're going to have, you're going to have to tell the story about the Volkswagen someday. But, um, my mother, she, we, we didn't have a lot either. So she bought our, my brother and I's pants. You could tell my dad was tall, tall. So she bought our pants probably this much longer than they should have been. And then she turned that whole bit under and trimmed them around there. So I had a lot of pant underneath. Mm -hmm. And every year, she just let them out another inch or two, Mm -hmm. however long we were growing. We wore the same pair of blue jeans. Pockets were about to fall off, and they just kept getting longer. So they had these creases, a little white down at the bottom. And my friends were like, dude, those are so cool. Where did you buy them? (laughs) Where can I get me a So I've been wearing them 10 years. I have no idea. Oh, that's hilarious. That's <laughs> hilarious. But guys, like if you're not taking advice from people that, that have been on that course, but they're farther uh, down the road than you are, you're getting bad advice. Mm-hmm. But you got to stay the course. Any final thoughts for you, Tony? Yeah, I just want to say you mentioned your grandmother. Gran, uh, I remember the first thing she ever said to me when I walked in her house over there with you that day. She stopped and looked up. <laughs> yeah, she's a little bitty thing. She five, looked, five foot two. Yeah, and she looked up and said, Hey, big fella. <laughs> That's what she said. It was hilarious. But I think about her. She she was a flipper before her time. She bought low. She bought equity on the front end. It was amazing. And then she would sell high. It doesn't really matter what the product is. I mean, you're either going to buy your equity on the front end and not put yourself in a difficult position of depending on the wind or a market or right. whatever right. to give you some give you some uh, equity on the back end. I mean, that is dangerous. And I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, open door. But <laughs> Zillow, yeah. You well, know, it's a whole nother conversation, but that's why it's so important to to focus in on a something like what you're doing. Guys, appreciate y'all being with us. Tuesday morning coffee. Next week it will actually be on Tuesday, uh, the, the tech guiding. So uh, if you're on podcast, be sure and catch us in the investor creator community on Facebook. We'll see you guys next week. Y'all have yep. a good week. Have a great week, guys.